0: Hey there, it's Ron. Thanks to everyone who came out to Tiger Tiger Tavern this Tuesday. If you're in Denver, our next regular monthly show will take place at Bumpport Theater on Wednesday, June 20th. The theme will be periods. In addition, be sure to check out Denver Zine Fest from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Sunday, June 24th. The narrators will be there in the afternoon hosting a special show where zinesters and other special guests will tell stories on the theme rejected. The entire event is free, so we will see you there.
1: Next storyteller. All right, next Next Our Next
0: Storyteller Our next Storyteller Welcome to the Narrators Podcast This podcast collects stories that were told at the Narrators A monthly storytelling event that features people telling true stories based on a theme Our story today comes from Denver comic artist Lonnie Allen He told this story about teenage angst in rural New Mexico And remembering to always call out bullshit In front of a live audience on May 16th, 2018 at Bumport Theater in Denver, Colorado The theme of the evening was Rocking the Boat
1: I am Lonnie Allen. I don't know if some of you may have noticed, but uh, I'm Asian. <laughs> and I have a very angelicized name. And the reason for that is that I was, a, I was born in Korea, but I was adopted at about eight months. And my adoptive parents well, my adopted mother, who I know as my, just my parents, is Thai. And my adopted father is uh, Caucasian, he's a white guy. Uh, and he's Texan. Uh, it's always important that I say that he's Texan because he considers that his own country. <laughs> so he was, he was in the military, um, and he, you know, he met my mother in Thailand during the Vietnam War while he was stationed in Thailand. And he was next stationed in Korea, and they, they adopted me. Uh, you know, all of this I don't remember because I was too young. And then uh, we moved back to the States, and we moved around a little bit, but he always wanted to be close to home, which was, you know, Texas. And for a little while, we lived in Amarillo, Texas, uh, which is in the Panhandle. Yeah, I don't know if some of you know that place, and if you do, I'm sorry. (laughs) But I went to high school in uh, Clovis, New Mexico, uh, Eastern New Mexico. Now, New Mexico is mostly, you know, for most of the elections, there it's a, it's a pretty blue state. Uh, and just like most states, you know, the, the reason a lot of times they, they go one way or the other is how the, the larger populations vote um, in major cities like Albuquerque and Santa Fe, which are generally blue. But New Mexico has a lot of rural counties, and I was in one of those, and those are red as fuck. Um, So it was Curry County, and I think uh, during the Trump election, I looked up to see how my uh, county voted, and it was something like, for the presidential election, it was 68% for Trump, and I think like 20% for Hillary, which I thought to myself, wow, they're like progressing now, (laughs) since when I was in there. (laughs) So, I'm growing up in this very conservative, rural town. Uh, you know, it's enough that it's, it's mostly white and Hispanic. And, uh, you know, I have this, like, Colors of Benetton background living in this place. That by itself, I think, would make me stand out. Um, and instead of trying to avoid attention, I decided to lean into it because from a very early age, I decided to be an artist, uh, I was very liberal, and I was into punk rock music. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, it was constantly, I thought of myself as a rebel. I constantly challenged my parents, constant arguments with them about politics, about everything. Um, I challenged my teachers, the administration, over, you know, what I thought was just like conformist ideals and just some of the basis nature that, um, that they would espouse all the time. And... Yeah, and so uh, I brought a prop, and so my parents told me that on my senior year, I should get a yearbook, because that's something good to remember, that time of your life and everything, and I was so angsty and angry that I agreed, and this is what I did to the cover of it. (laughs) So uh, a lot of my friends, when they saw this, they were like, did you carve that in blood? And... This is not without precedent, okay? B- because here's the thing. Um, during, when I was, I'm going to age myself here. When I was in high school, George W., B- or George Sr. was campaigning and Dan Quayle came to our town to to have like a campaign rally at our sc- at our high school. They told all the students that it was mandatory that we attend. And I was like, man, that's fucking bullshit, you know, because it w- otherwise it would be counted as an absentee. And on to add... Insult to injury, what they did was they uh, gave us some of these banners to hold up, you know, the, the, the pro Bush signs. And uh, these pins to put on our shirt. And I was like, fuck this, man. So I took the pin and I pricked my finger and I wrote, and it takes a long time to do this. <laughs> I wrote in blood underneath Bush sucks. And I held up the sign. So people were like, "What? did you just paint that in blood? And I was like, Yeah. So that's, that's why they asked uh, if, I, if I had carved this in blood. Um, so, I mean, this is just to give you a picture of what I was like in high school. So I'm going to read what I carved into this. It's, uh, you know, it's emo and angsty as hell. It says, uh, Lonnie's Ode to CHS. Thank you, Clovis High. Thank you for a yearbook that represents CHS more than you will ever know. Thanks for the administrators who forced our blind submission. Thanks for making me a coward. Thanks for the racist slurs, for the elitist hypocritical snobs who you paint as the picture of perfection. Thanks for the ostracization, which I spelled wrong. (laughs) And the honesty and intelligence. Thanks for the daily prayer to the flag deity for the three fucking years... Thanks for the betrayal of the last and greatest of human dreams. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> the, other, the other thing that was brought up uh, to try to give you an uh, idea of this town was when, you know, the punk rock thing, putting anarchy symbols everywhere. Uh, a lot of people asked me if that was like Satanism. Like if I was into uh, Satanism and I was like, no, that's uh, anarchy because I guess there was rampant Satanism in our town. <laughs> um, you know, and, and a lot of these, like I, I looked through this before coming on and a lot of these talk about, you know, a lot of my peers are like, uh, you tell them, Lonnie, you know how the system is, man. Uh, <laughs> I know someday you'll be wrecking havoc and, and with total merciless anarchy uh you know, so yeah but here's here's the thing that I think uh, is i I look back on these things and they embarrass me, but yeah, shocker <laughs> they embarrass me because though maybe not for the reasons you think i I think that you know to to paraphrase kurt vonnegut, i think. Teenagers, their their best ability is to call out bullshit, and you know and I think in that kind of like what I felt was a pretty oppressive small town, um, I was calling out the bullshit, and I, I think that 's still important. I think for young people, you know you you see like hypocrisy, you see uh, you know just the bullshit and it 's important to call that out, but I think there 's something just so simple now, you know, as, I, as I'm older, I'm 42, and I look back on that, and I think there's something too simple about just saying that is bullshit because you have to move on beyond that, you know. I think now, you know, on all the millions of punk rock boys in small towns across America, and sometimes, you know, I wonder how many of those became, kept up like this progressive ideal and made changes for the positive. You know, I tried to do that with my art and everything, but, you know, like for instance, I think about the Parkland kids and the way, I mean, they're the real rebels. They're the ones really rocking the boat because they're changing legislation, you know, and and then it takes persistence and a vision. Because some of those punk rock young teenagers, I wonder sometimes how many of them became like dudes that were in Gamergate. How many of them, you know, became, you know, alt-right and stuff like that because they're trying to call out the bullshit, and I just think that's not enough. You know, that has to be tempered with a self-examination, empathy, and persistence. So, um, I used to be a rebel. Now, you know, I go to protests. Um, I stand up uh, for when I can, and I think it's right, and I feel strongly enough for it. Um, I watch *Handmaid's Tale. So... <laughs> Which I also read in high school. Great book. So that's it. Keep it going for Lonnie Allen.
0: So far, we're at two New Mexicans. This is a good night. Two. The Narrators is produced by Robert Rutherford, Mary Robertson, Aaron Rollman, and me, Ron Doyle. Our assistant producer is Sydney Crane. Our theme music is by Whalehawk. And our founder and executive producer is Andrew Orvidal. A very special thanks to our amazing sponsors, Illegal Pete's, Sexy Pizza, From the Hip Photo, and Renegade Brewing Company.